Thank you listeners for tuning in to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast. Today in episode number 32, we are talking about one of my favorite topics, maybe it's yours too, caffeine. So in this episode, Bob and I are going to cover what caffeine is, talk about the metabolism of caffeine in terms of slow and fast metabolizers and why that matters for performance or otherwise. We'll also go over some of the sources of caffeine and how to think about the dosing as well as addressing a few misconceptions related to caffeine. So we'll call this a caffeine 101 and we will be sure to build on this episode so grab your cup of tea cup of coffee whatever your caffeine source is and tune in for this episode thank you so much for being here with us all right bob it's time to talk about one of my absolute favorite things it is one of your favorite things in life. It? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm already having a heart attack because in oh. anticipation of talking yes. about this subject today and yeah. with our listeners tuning in, I'm going to take a sip of something and then you go, Bob, because it's a thing. I mean, look, I'm just super excited. I can't even mention you the word. You are excited. Look, I, I know. I have it right here. Dina is okay. bubbling right mm, now in her excitement. <laughs> I am going to take a sip of my high caffeine containing coffee. <laughs> oh, high caffeine containing coffee, which I call go-go Strong. juice. Oh, go-go yeah. juice. Go-go juice, right? Jittery juice. Oh, I like that's even better Better, bettery, better jittery juice. So yeah, today, listeners, we are doing uh, a, a brief intro on literally the most popular psychoactive drug on the market uh, and, and most popular ergogenic aid for athletes also, and, and that is caffeine, right? So, you know, Dina, you're referring to your coffee and others, you know, maybe sometimes it's, it's high octane cocoa because some of those actually do have a little bit more caffeine in them. If they're added caffeine, there's tablets, there's powders, there's sport nutrition, pro it's everywhere. It seems like dark chocolate, right? But I think there's not, I mean, a lot of listeners don't really know, like we hear caffeine and I think we think of things differently, right? Like with me, it's funny because if you, when I, when I work with an athlete, Dina, and I ask, okay, do you consume coffee? And right away, I know what they're thinking, right? They're thinking, of course I consume caffeine or no, I don't consume caffeine, <clears throat> but I actually have to go to that next step and say, Dina, is it decaf or caffeinated? And I know I sound like a fool when I ask if it's decaf, but here's the thing, like some athletes are very sensitive to caffeine yeah. and they like the, maybe the health benefits of coffee, but maybe not the maybe detriments to them of caffeine. So there's, I think there's a lot floating around caffeine, isn't there? A ton, Bob. I mean, this could be an eight hour mega podcast. So yeah. we should just touch on a few areas here about caffeine and I predict that we will have several episodes coming up on, you know, highlighting the various mm -hmm. nuances and things that we're learning still about caffeine. But like you said earlier, it's um, most popular ergogenic aid. So even in the sport context used for, you know, enhancing performance, and we can touch on that a bit, but just 
the use of it. And I mean, there's ritual, there's psychology, there's mm-hmm. so much to it. Where there should is. we, where should we go? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think a, a first step in this is to maybe start with, I mean, we know what caffeine is, right? It's a psychoactive drug and it is a drug. Um, it, it acts on the central nervous system as a stimulant. So that's why we feel up or we feel awake or we feel like we can tackle the world, but then there's that curve coming down it. Right. So maybe we talk about, you know, which I think is a little bit confusing, which I like to always discuss is these, you know, fast responders, slow responders, or the fast versus slow absorption rate in caffeine. And because caffeine doesn't respond the same in every individual. And what I think is really cool with about you and I is we're different responders. So we have to, our approach to caffeine is very different uh, and that's one thing that I'd really like listeners to understand is you may not even know if you're a fast or slow absorber or responder to caffeine. So maybe we can start with that. I mean, how, how did you learn that you are a more of a fast uh, responder or absorber? Yes, I've done the nutrigenomic, nutrigenetic testing, mm-hmm. and I, I've done a few of those tests now with different companies. But yeah, there, there is one particular gene that we look at to see what our SNP or our variant is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gene is the CYP1A2 mm-hmm. gene that's primarily looked at. And there are a couple others that we can tie into the whole caffeine and, you know, like dopamine story. But for me, I have the AA, uh, you know, SNP or gene genotype. Mm-hmm. So that, that puts me in that fast metabolizer category. Mm-hmm. Are you a CC or do you know, Bob, what yours is? I think it is CC. I haven't looked at it in a while, but I I too have had that testing years and years and years ago. And and here's, you know, my story with, with caffeine is I, you know, I really, I really still don't use it a lot, but I will say this early in my endurance, you know, athletic career or journey, let's just call it. I didn't really understand caffeine and I had no idea back, back in the days, Dina. Oh, I, know. I can I had tick to fit the box. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was an easy one. Aww. Back in the days, we just really didn't have, I mean, there were some gels that had some caffeine, but it wasn't as prominent as it is these days, like all these products mm-hmm. on the market. So my introduction to caffeine, like I didn't grow up drinking coffee or and I, none of that stuff. Like I thought mm-hmm. it was just horrible. And, and in yeah. fact, my coffee journey only started maybe about six or seven years ago, like very remember, late in life. Bob, yeah. when we worked together, I remember, cause I would always have coffee around and I remember at times you, I think you were almost put off by my, yeah. the aroma of the coffee. <laughs> and oh, I was curious what happened yes. now when you, like, what was the switch for you to well, start it- Coffee. It was interesting because I remember those early morning metabolic efficiency tests that we would do and you'd have mm-hmm. your cup of go-go juice and I would have nothing or maybe whatever in my shaker bottle, yeah, smoothie or whatever it was. And, and yeah, like that, those times, it, it, the smell of coffee, like I could not go into a coffee shop and I don't know what it was. Was it, was it psycho? Huh. I, I don't know if it was just psychological, yeah. but it would literally make me ill. Just the smell of that coffee. And maybe it was super powerful, like that aroma in coffee shop, or even like when my wife would make coffee, I couldn't be in the kitchen. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So Dina, I don't know what, I don't know what happened, but I now appreciate. And it wasn't until, I mean, literally my early to mid forties, where I started to actually, I was okay with the aroma 
Not the taste yet, just the aroma. Baby steps for you. Baby steps, baby steps. And then you came around to the dark side. (laughs) I did. And you know, I'll tell you, it wasn't because of caffeine. Like I'm kind of a geek when it comes to the nutrients in food, right? So I'm all about spices and like anything that I could, I don't want to say hack, but improve upon. Like, could I add cinnamon to my smoothie? Well, you can't. I mean, you don't put enough in, so you taste it, but it has this functional ability to enhance Mm -hmm. things in our body. So that was my thought process of caffeine, right? Or I'm sorry, for coffee, not caffeine. Okay. Because I saw, you know, my wife was drinking every day. I'm like, okay. And you know, it's got these great phytochemicals in it and like all this great, I mean, seriously, there's a ton of research on coffee and its health benefits. So I actually started drinking decaf first just for the health wow. benefits of coffee. I we know. We are so the opposite <laughs> because I use it. I will totally be in honest yeah. in front of the world here and say, yeah. I use it. Be- yes. I use it not for health benefits <laughs> at all or any kind of research. It is yeah. a drug for me it and is. I will admit it. Yeah. It's, it's a problem perhaps. I'm, I'm really happy that you're perhaps. admitting this. Because, because here's the thing. I think you are the majority. I think I am definitely the minority because who's going to think about using coffee for health? I mean, really nobody thinks about using coffee for health. Like who the heck would, would drink just decaf for health, right? Well, Maybe you're for, inspiring us well, to thank you, consider thank you. that. Well, well then I did move to the dark side. Cause then I was like, oh, you know, you know, this kind of like, I can, I can kind of get into the taste and like in my mind, I'm like, okay, all the phytochemicals, it's helping improve my cardiovascular, like all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I just try a caffeinated one now. Yeah. And, and, oh my gosh, I remember vividly because I had a cup and I remember my wife was home. My daughter was home. I think all my kiddos were home at that point. It was morning. And Dina, I was talking so fast after, I mean, (laughs) my family was looking at me like, is he okay? Like I was talking fast. I was moving everywhere so quickly, right? I felt like I, you know, almost had like spidey sense. Like I could just predict things were coming. So it was that time it was, I have to tell you, it was kind of a rough introduction for me because I I crashed hard too. And that's what led me to the testing. Cause I'm like, Whoa, why isn't my wife having right? You know, Mm -hmm. why is she responding differently? And why am I responding differently? So that's kind of what introduced me to the nutrigenomics testing. I feel like some people have a sense without the testing, like, oh yeah, caffeine, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't bother me. I don't feel much. Of course, it depends what the source and, and quantity of caffeine is right. in, but I, I feel though, Bob, some athletes simply don't know or have any sense of that because they may be consuming, for example, let's think of the Starbucks Frappuccino that mm-hmm. has this teeny tiny bit of caffeine in it and a boatload of sugar and exactly. they get amped up. Mm-hmm. Well, is it that teeny bit of caffeine or the boatload of sugar or yeah. whatever else is going on? Um, all that just to say, if y'all want to know for sure what's going on with your metabolism of caffeine, then pursuing the nutrigenetic testing mm-hmm. is the way to go. Yeah, I'd okay. highly recommend that because, like you said, I think some people are like, oh, no, I know I respond very poorly to caffeine because I can't consume it later in the day. Well, that might be half true, but yeah. you're, you're yeah. still missing a little bit too. Like uh, that yeah. might not be the, the whole story. Um, and, and I just remember too, like 
when I first started before drinking coffee, um, and, and I, you know, I concern, I consume tea, yerba mate. Uh, so I, I kind of fluctuate between that, but that said, I noticed even in athletics when I, when I'm, when, you know, I used to actually dose caffeine very specifically, which we'll probably talk, chat about a little bit here. Um, but I dosed it based on my body weight before races. And what I noticed was it, it didn't have the effect that it was having with a lot of other athletes or a lot of my clients. I'm like, why am I not feeling that uppity feeling? Right. Mm -hmm. I don't feel stimulated. I don't feel it. And, and I'm scratching my head. I'm like, and I wasn't overdosing, right. Not, yeah. And I wasn't underdosing, but that's, that was kind of my aha moment, Dean. I'm like, Oh, and I tried different, you know, different methods too, and different products and everything. And, but I just wasn't feeling the benefits. And Lo and behold, after I had the nutrigenic testing and found that I am a slow responder, a slow absorber, and then you read the research and you hear things, you start reading more and more slow responders, we, one, need to be careful with the quantity of caffeine, right? Because it can yeah. have a negative effect on our health if we consume too much throughout the day. But it also is, is reported that slow responders, if you use, try to use caffeine before like a race or competition, you don't react the same as fast responders. So fast responders react yeah. very, very profoundly to caffeine. Like it, it works great, but yeah. slow responders, not so much. So I was actually, I don't know if it was inhibiting my performance, but it certainly wasn't helping all because of my genomics. Right. Yes. Yeah. And you so, bring up another good point that even within the categories, so I'm more of a fast metabolizer. You're the slow metabolizer. Yep. Even though within that, Bob, we have that inter, is it intra or inter individual mm -hmm. variability? Right. My apologies. Um, I had too much caffeine. I can't <laughs> think of the word, but I'm just trying to say even all of us in the fast metabolizer group, yeah. there's still variability, Absolutely. right? And then there, again, we have to think of what is the source I'm using and the mm -hmm. dose and what is it I'm doing? And even when we look at the research, uh, and we could, you know, bust a few myths out there if we wanted, but mm -hmm. there's a lot that is mixed results, you know, and that can have to do with the study design or mm -hmm. they didn't control for whatever, um, or the so, population for sure, or they're not yeah. actually knowing if their population, placebo. their subjects, yeah, placebo mm -hmm. and, and they're, they're not doing genomics testing. Right. So they don't know if they're fast yeah. or slow responders. Exactly. They're just yeah. doing a dose, mm -hmm. you know, a dose or a certain source and dose, and they're mm -hmm. not controlling for what the nutrigenetic profile is. Right. Right. There are yeah. a lot of issues. Ton Nonetheless of issues. can be a super powerful ergogenic aid or just getting your day started. Mm -hmm. Even Bob thinking of, uh, you know, like bowel movement activity. Oh yeah. Good point. <laughs> good point. Yeah. Getting your day going, getting the day going. <laughs> and, but of course, then we have some confounders, right? Because it's yes. perhaps a hot liquid that can mm -hmm. stimulate motility in bowels. Yeah. Uh, strength of said beverage, yep. or if there's other items being consumed right. and movement too. So just exercise can stimulate bowels. Nonetheless, caffeine is usually in the, you know, start your day category for a lot of individuals. Yeah. And, and hopefully our listeners understand what we talk about starting our day with the bowel movements, right? Yeah. I think they're getting that Poo right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have to say, I just love talking about, you know, the whole end of one, because it is, it does fascinate <laughs> me, but I know that like I, when I consume caffeine, 
in coffee. And if it's too much, let's just say the start of my day is, is, <laughs> is accelerated, right? <laughs> I don't have problems. I'm reading there. between the lines. <laughs> yes. But, but I do like, I find, you know, some, some individuals do, you know, maybe they're a little constipated. Maybe they do need that little bit of push like in the mornings and, and yeah, certainly caffeine can help that. Um, you know, maybe we, maybe we move to the type and the source of caffeine too, because yeah. we're, you know, we're talking about coffee and obviously caffeine is in a lot of different things. Um, not definitely not at the same level, I believe like in coffee. Um, you know, I think then the next level will be like these crazy energy drinks, which we can hit oh, on yeah. if we want, but there's, you know, people drinking green tea or yerba mate. Like we have to remember there are caffeine, there is caffeine. It's, it's a little bit less than coffee. Um, one thing I know as a slow responder myself, I have to actually be very careful and here's my little secret in not even bowel movement wise, but in the morning, if I do have too much coffee, uh, caffeinated coffee, I crash pretty hard. And I, I don't think that happens with you. I'm not quite sure, but crashing, meaning I get very fatigued, very tired, almost like I need to take a nap and there's nothing wrong with my blood sugar. It is literally like I've teased these things out. Okay. So because of my sensitivity to caffeine, but the fact that I still enjoy coffee, right. I actually mm -hmm. enjoy that process, you know, the habit, the ritual, but also really the taste of it. I'll actually put L-theanine in my coffee, oh, right. Okay. To kind of, so it kind Steady of calms it down. It does. Yeah. yeah. So listeners, this is a, this is a, 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 a amino acid that helps kind of steady out that, I guess you could call it a caffeine spike, if you will. Yeah. So those of us who are sensitive, um, I found it works wonders and it's just a little bit you add, you know, I add to my coffee grounds when I, when I, um, or my ground coffee, when I put in my French press. So it's super, okay. super easy. You don't taste it, but it works wonders for me. But you know, what about, you know, what about those frappuccinos with a little bit, you know, actually not a lot of caffeine or what about the powders that they engineer in labs or even like gels or, or bars, right? There's so many things with caffeine these days. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, Bob, the more natural sources. So are we getting like when you mentioned green tea or mm -hmm. thinking of the teas, we have all of the other polyphenols coming in. And so yeah. trying to separate the impact of the caffeine exclusively, like it's not a high dose, but right. we're getting all these other um you know, nutrient benefits yeah. or the interaction of those compounds mm -hmm. versus the more synthetic or, you know, powder form, the, um, anhydrous form. Yep. Yep. Do you want to speak at all based on the research you've done or how you've seen that play out? Yeah. Among I think it's, you know, with athletes, I think it's very, so athletes want to use caffeine as an ergogenic aid, right? And a lot of times what we know is you can't get a lot of that done successfully or effectively through coffee, right? And, and because there, as, as we all know, there are so many different amounts of caffeine in coffee and so many different types yep. of beans and the roasting and, and on and on and on. Yeah. So you don't know because which we'll get into, we, we need to dose. Like if you're going to try to use caffeine, not just as your, your morning ritual and, and habit, but before activity and before competition or training, you do have to base it on body weight. So we need to be very specific in terms of how many milligrams and I just like, we just can't do that through coffee because nobody knows the exact caffeine in that cup of coffee. That's even, right. I don't even think the coffee companies know. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. We should have someone on to see if, if they can explain how that's tested or measured, right. or I'm sure it costs thousands of dollars to yes. do that. And it's, yeah. yeah. 
but we have ranges now, right? I mean, I've seen, yeah. you know, a cup of coffee can be 50 to 150 milligrams mm-hmm. it, and you're like, Oh, <laughs> so where do well, you start? <laughs> and is it a cup cup, you know, right, eight yeah. ounce to 40 mils, or is it, you know, the ginormous yeah. cup? So well, there's think- that. I think our eight ounce cups these days, Dina, are really 20 ounce cups. I don't think eight ounce cups exist. Anymore. I don't think they in, do either. No, not in the no. United States. No, no, not at all. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what is you're this? Doing a Come on. Shot of espresso or something, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I think, so to that point, you know, then I, I see athletes kind of moving towards this anhydrous powder, which, you know, it's, it's formulated in the lab and you can argue the pros and cons of that. But I find that actually a lot more dangerous to work with because mm-hmm. you need such small amounts that you can even fast responders of caffeine, you can really overdose caffeine when you're like, if you have a, I mean, literally Dina, you could buy a bottle of caffeine and hydrous powder on the internet. Like it's so easy to get this stuff, but it, it can really call Like it's a huge concern for me um, as our energy drinks too, because they're, they jump, they dump so much of caffeine and hydrous in there. Um, This, you know, when I look at products just to, you know, let the listeners know too, I actually try to stay away from anhydrous caffeine anhydrous as much as possible because I want the added benefits of the polyphenols and all the plant com- yeah. chemicals that come from the, the coffee bean. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are actually, I, I'm seeing a lot more companies, including there's this one, um, this one ingredient, it's what's called coffee berry, right? It's literally yep. the berry of a coffee bean and it has amazing health benefits and, oh yeah, it does have caffeine too. Right. So, mm-hmm. so I think we're getting closer to you know, that line of, of separating the kind of the, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word dangerous caffeine and hydrous, but I just, I just think it, it gets abused and it, it can be very dangerous. Right. So I try to stay away from that one. Definitely. I mean that I think of the young, the young athletes and some mm-hmm. of the worries around, you know, the, those Uber potent energy drinks that yeah. have three, 400 milligrams mm-hmm. of caffeine ingesting that and you're young, you don't, you don't know what you're doing <laughs> yet. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's concerns around that, but to your earlier point, the dosing, we do have guidelines and, you know, then we apply the individual mm-hmm. layers there, but being able to discern content of caffeine and then dose and experiment and refine. I don't know if we want to talk about the doses specifically here, Bob, what do you think? I, you know, general ranges. I think if we give a general range, cause like you mentioned in listeners, we're going to have some follow-up, actually, we're going to have quite a few follow-up uh, yeah. episodes on caffeine. So we can really dig into it a little bit more, but yeah, let's give some general ranges. So at yeah. least listeners know where to maybe start playing with their numbers. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, a lot of the recommendations are in milligrams per kilogram body mm-hmm. weight. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're used, not used to, or familiar with how to calculate, what's your kilogram body weight, you, you take your weight in pounds, divide it by 2.2 and you have approximately your body weight in kilos. And so the ranges that I've seen commonly, Bob, are typically like the three to Mm -hmm. six milligrams per Mm -hmm. kilo, but I've seen the bigger, broader range, like two to 10. Yeah. Which kind of scares me. Like if you really think about it, like 10, 10 milligrams for a kg for me, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing almost 700 milligrams of caffeine, Dina. And that's like, I'm in danger zone. I would not want to be around you because your words per minute would be off the chart. (laughs) And they already are. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, holy cow, slow this 
die down. Yeah. I, I have like my rule of thumb again, it's, it's kind of, it comes back to the whole test. Don't guess. I love it when athletes or anyone can just have that genomic testing It's super easy. You mm-hmm. see what's going on with that gene. If you have that snip or not, because, because what I'll do, like for me, for slow responders, slow absorbers, I actually go on the very low end. I'll actually do yeah. one to three milligrams yeah. of caffeine per kilogram okay. because of, because it's so potent. And again, that slow responder, I mean, it, it stays in our system a little bit longer. Um, and that's, that's what we have to be careful of, but, mm-hmm. but then the fast responders, my range is usually starting between three to six, right. Yeah. Milligrams per kg. So it does, you know, and if, if an athlete says, listen, I haven't had the testing done. I always start lower first. Makes total sense. You and knowing this is going to be in your system for a while. I mean, yeah. that's the other thing, the half-life of caffeine, we mm-hmm. have ranges, right? Mm-hmm. four to six hours, but I've read, you know, in the literature, it can be upwards of about eight, 10 hours. It can. Yeah. So which, I mean, which means for yeah. listeners, half-life means half of the, like if you consume a hundred milligrams of caffeine four to six or up to eight, 10 hours later, half of that is still going to be floating around in your system. Yeah. Right. So it just doesn't disappear, you know, immediately exactly. it actually stays in there. And that's, that's the health, uh, you know, some of the health issues for our uh, slow responders is it is staying in our system a lot longer than the fast responders. And we do need to be careful with that. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. And that ties to then concerns around sleep. You know, if you're taking in products that you don't know the quantity, so you mm-hmm. go to the coffee shop at three, three o'clock and get a whatever double yeah. thing, espresso you know, cause you're tired, but yeah. is that affecting your sleep yeah. or your REM or non REM sleep mm-hmm. and all of those other features that we are now learning about sleep quality. Yeah. Um, we can get in a vicious cycle, right, Bob? Cause then we might have some insomnia or poor right. sleep. And then we, right. we need air quotes needed caffeine to wake up mm-hmm. because we're groggy. And then we just feed, feed the machine or feed yeah. the beast. It is kind of interesting to me. Like you hear athletes having that, you know, oh yeah, I can have a cup of coffee at 6 PM and I'm fine. And I, and I'm like, okay, but are you really fine? Like you, maybe they're able to go to sleep, but to your point, maybe they're not in REM sleep that much, or maybe it's not that really deep sleep. So I don't know. I always, I always wonder that if, if it's, even though they're getting the same quantity of sleep, are they giving up quality of sleep? And and who knows? I don't know. I mean, you know, sometimes we don't have that data from an aura ring or the HRV or or whatever this to track sleep patterns. So Mm -hmm. it would be interesting to start putting that, you know, that those variables together for sure. That is a good point for those that have aura or, you know, that, that kind of tracking tool and you're experimenting with caffeine, not that we want you to have poor sleep, but if you are experimenting with whatever dark chocolate Mm -hmm. or a cup of green tea in the evening, Mm -hmm. uh, checking your metrics or just looking at whatever data you can. Yeah. Yeah. Dina, let's, um, let's finish this short discussion, kind of an intro to caffeine with one of my favorites. Cause it's still floating around there. I mean, it's been, it, this has been out there for 20 plus years now. Oh, ca- you know, I consume caffeine. It's going to dehydrate me. So I mm-hmm. shouldn't, I shouldn't drink too much. Or I shouldn't, shouldn't consume too much. I mean, what do we know about caffeine and dehydration? Well, to my knowledge, we may pee a little bit more if yep. we're drinking caffeine containing beverages, but that does not cause dehydration Mm -hmm. unless we're doing massive amounts, like, you know, non-human amounts of (laughs) 
caffeine consumption. Yeah. Um, so there was that tie, I think, Bob, and you can add on like, well, if I'm peeing, then I must be dehydrating myself. And that's just not the case, or that's not what we're seeing a direct tie to. Yeah. And that's absolutely hundred percent true. I mean, it's, it's more just because you're peeing more, we have to remember that we're still consuming other fluids, other water containing foods, fruits and vegetables. So it is like, and I, I think the, the research both of us have, have read is, you know, within 24 hours, right. It, it is not causing a dehydrating effect as long as you're like you mentioned, Dina, not over consuming it and are still consuming other fluids or water containing food. So listeners, you don't really have to worry about that too much as long as you're not doing, you know, like I said, over consuming or under consuming other fluids and, and fruits and veggies. So I think, you know, we can kind of put that, that one to rest because okay. it's just, it's still floating around, but I, I think, you know, hopefully our listeners are like, Oh, phew. Yeah. Thank, thankfully they, they told us that. Right. Yeah. There's so much more to the lovely caffeine story, Bob, but we'll table the rest, I suppose. I think for, for now, because yeah, because our you know our intent is to get a couple of caffeine researchers on so we can really yep. dig into the science. But I'd I'd love to start discussing you know in the future future episodes you know gender differences, mm -hmm. timing, uh, you know for for athletes looking at okay what products should you use before and during like what's out there and let's yep. look at the dosing and let's just look at what makes most sense and you know I think our intent was really just to provide an overview and kind of an intro to this topic today. Yep. And then we're going to really expound on it in the future. Sounds good. Listeners, if you have a caffeine question, drop us a note over at hello at insidesportsnutrition.com. Bob, I'm going to go heat up my coffee. So I know you uh, like your coffee hot. So yes. So, you know, we'll, we'll tune out now, but uh, I'm going to go refresh, refresh so, and uh, refill. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll sign out for today. Thank you for tuning in to episode 32 and stay tuned for next week's episode 33 when we have a special interview with Taryn Gazelle, who you may know as Triathlon Taryn, except he has evolved. And now you can find him over on the web at mymotive.com. That's M-Y-M-O-T-T-I-V.com. So we talk with Taryn about his triathlon history, his health journey, his coaching journey, and all cool things that we want to know about Taryn. So stay tuned for that in next week's episode. And we would love your support in promoting this podcast. So if you do find our information helpful and our strategies useful to you in your quest for improving your health and your performance, please remember to subscribe over on your podcast platform give us a rating review that really does help us grow and share our content with listeners around the world. And you can reach out to Bob if you'd like to find out more about his services at energyperformance.com, E-N-R-G performance.com or myself, Dina over at nutritionmechanic.com. Lots of good stuff on our websites. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests involved and do not represent a replacement for medical consultation with your doctor. The information and opinions provided here are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or medical condition. 
This podcast is for information, education, and entertainment purposes only.